0: gathered in love and service for justice and peace. A cocky student of meditation decided he had nothing left to learn of the practice. But his curiosity was piqued when he heard of an old hermit, a holy man who lived alone on an island. He decided to pay him a visit rowing across the lake. The hermit received the meditator graciously and answered the man's questions about his spiritual practice. Over tea, the hermit explained that he simply repeated a mantra to himself all the time. The meditator was well pleased. The hermit was using the same mantra he himself used. But when the hermit spoke the mantra aloud, the man was horrified. What's wrong, asked the hermit. I don't know how to tell you this, said the meditator. I'm afraid you're wasting your life. You're pronouncing the mantra incorrectly. <laughs> oh dear, that is terrible. Please teach me how I should say it. The meditator gave the correct pronunciation, and the old man was very grateful. They practiced it for a little while, and the meditator took his leave, well pleased that he had been able to teach the hermit something so invaluable. Now confirmed as an accomplished teacher, the meditator pondered his intervention in the sad fate of the hermit as he rode back across the lake. Thank goodness for me, he thought. (laughs) At least the hermit has a little time to practice correctly before the end of his life. Just then he saw something coming toward him. It was the hermit walking on the water. The meditator stopped rowing. The hermit hurried to catch up to him. Standing on the surface of the water, the hermit asked, "'Excuse me, please. I hate to bother you, but I've forgotten the correct pronunciation again. Would you please repeat it to me?' I know this as an old Zen story. It's one of many exhorting students to humility. I thought of it because recently I overheard a debate about how to pronounce the Tibetan mantra Om mani padme hum or Om mani padme hum or Om mani pame hum and was glad to know just enough not to engage Om mani padme hum is known as the mani mantra It doesn't really have a translation, or at least not one that would make much sense to most of us, but it is said as an invocation to the spirit of compassion. In Tibet, stones painted or carved with the mani mantra, mani stones, are everywhere, since seeing the mantra is said to have the same effect as saying it out loud or silently to oneself. Spinning the written form of the mantra around in a prayer wheel is also believed to invoke compassion In every land influenced by Tibetan Buddhism, there is a profusion of mani wheels, the small hand wheels and the huge wheels, with millions of copies of the mantra inside. I wanted to share this because Om Mane Padme Hum features quite prominently in the story I want to tell you today from one of my favorite spiritual teachers, Ram Dass. Ram Dass was born here in Boston in 1931. His parents named him Richard Alpert. As a psychologist in the early 1960s, he was best known for his research at Harvard with Timothy Leary into psychedelic drug-induced states of consciousness. In 1967, Dr. Elpert left for India, where he began to study for a different kind of enlightenment under the direction of Neem Karoli Baba, who gave him his new name, Ramdas, which means servant of God. Ramdas remade himself, teaching and serving all over the world which, despite a debilitating stroke 10 years ago, he continues to do this to this day. He told this story I'm going to tell you in the early 1970s. It really remains one of my favorites and is a whole sermon all by itself. Here it is. I was in India when my mother died. I had to come back to be with my father in a new way than I was ever with him before. When I came back to Boston from India, I arrived at the airport and I was wearing a beard and I was barefoot, and I had come from India with my tambura, which is a kind of Asian lute, and I was generally a weird-looking being. My father came in his car to pick me up, a conservative Boston Republican lawyer and a very responsible member of our society. He took one look at me and his response was, get in quick before anybody sees you, (laughs) which I did, and we started to drive to his house. Now, what he regaled me with all the way home was the fact that he was experiencing a depression, a deep depression as he approached death. He was 72 at the time. He told me all about how his life was meaningless, and even though he had started Brandeis University and been president of New York, New Haven, and Hartford Railroad and done lots of glorious and grand things in his life, he was experiencing the feeling that he was a failure as a human being. And he was telling me all about his will and the clauses in his will. And I was just sitting in the car saying, Om Mane Padme Hum, Om Mane Padme Hum. And it was like his mind was creating this heavy, depressed place of it's all over and we'll look through the old photographs tonight. You know that kind of place. And I just said my mantra. We got home and he said, well, what would you like to do now? I said, I don't care, Dad, anything you'd like to do. He said, well, I want you to rest. You've had a long trip. I'm, I'm going to make some raspberry jam, because that's one of his hobbies. So I said, well, can I help you? No, don't bother. I said, I'd like to. He said, well, all right. So we started to make raspberry jam. We're sterilizing the bottles and mashing raspberries and so on. And he's telling me about the horror of his life and how sad it is. It's a very heavy story. I feel fantastic compassion for him because I love him very dearly. And at the same moment, I see where he's stuck. So I'm just doing my mantra, Om Mani Padme Hum, and mashing raspberries and so on. And I'm saying things to him like, should the bubbles all rise to the top? Where do we put that? And so on. After a while, since I'm giving him no reinforcement at all for this fantastic dark cloud that he's creating all by himself, Since I'm part of us, but I'm not helping him hold it up, he starts to say, well, get all the bubbles up. And pretty soon his conversation is shifting until it's here and now. That is, he's talking about how to make raspberry jam. And as he starts to talk about how to make raspberry jam, the lines of his face are relaxing. And the whole model of himself as somebody who's old and about to die and all this stuff, that's all starting to fall into the past. And here we are making raspberry jam. We're just two guys making raspberry jam. Now we finish making the raspberry jam, and he's happy. See? He's smiling. Om Mani Padme Hum. Eight months later, Ram Dass gave away the bride at his father's wedding. And for the rest of his father's long life, when Ram Dass called the newlyweds, they would be heading out to dinner, or having people over, or traveling, or they were writing songs or movie routines together at the piano, or his father was writing love songs. At the wedding, just before they went into the temple, his father turned to Ram Das and said, this is all you're doing, you know. My spiritual companions, it all starts right here, right now. Realized beings walk on water, but they also stand in the kitchens of the bereaved and make raspberry jam. May we give ourselves the gift of the healing power of coming fully into the present and pass the gift along. Let us seek our own version of jam making. We will find it in unexpected places. Let us invoke the spirit of compassion, and may we embody compassion. Let us give ourselves to love. Amen.